Hello and welcome to another edition of the weekly AEW News Kick. This is our Rampage review. So I am your host, Tom, and I am joined as always on Friday, well, Saturdays for us, but after the Friday shows, my friend Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Hi, Tom. How are you, go- how are you doing? How are you going? Away. It's like, yeah, I'm also blown away. I think this is why I'm talking shenanigans now. Mm, I don't. I, I think we should just skip the intros today and just launch straight into it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's go. So, it feels a bit, I don't know, uh, not enough to just say first up. We, first up, CM Punk returned to wrestling after seven years. Um, well. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I I really want to come to you on this, and I will come to you uh, to just first before I give any opinions on the um, on the intro, on his entrance and what he said in the ring. But first, I just want to say a few things, if that's all right? Yeah, just go for it. So just to set the scene for people and like, because I'm assuming some people who come into this, you know, like newer fans, they're not going to really get why this reaction was. Okay, so I've been following Punk personally since his, I think his second match in WWE. Um, His first match, I think, was at One Night Stand. I didn't order the pay-per-view, so I saw him on WWE CW. This was back in 2005, 2006. Um so yeah, it was it was around that, it was, and it was around the time I started getting back into wrestling again. I would have been fifteen or sixteen, and I was in a children's home. Now, when you're like an angry kid in the system like that, and you've got no like positive male role models or even anybody, you know, um, to talk to, you really kind of the heroes you see on TV they become so much more important. Um, I bought his first shirt, the one with the the you know the crossed over hands, fists with the red writing on. Um, and I bought his second one, which had the writing on that was like uh, straight edge hardcore, like the circle one with the cross through, um, the olive green one. Uh, and I watched him all the way through his WWE run. I wish I could say I watched him in Ring of Honor before he came to WWE, but I did the whole WWE run and I stopped watching WWE shortly after he left. And then I moved on to New Japan Pro Wrestling and then eventually AEW. So what I would tell anyone who doesn't quite understand why people went so crazy and why there were grown men crying in the audience is that Punk's like more than just a wrestler. He was AEW before there was AEW. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of... So like people were chanting his name for seven years. It wasn't because they thought he was actually going to show up. You know, it wasn't because they thought he was backstage. I'm assuming most of them thought he was gone for good. Like he meant it when he said he was gone. Um, but like chanting his name sort of became this like rallying cry, like that voice of the voiceless gimmick. That was more than just a gimmick. Like people like me and people like you, he represented everything we wanted in wrestling, but we're constantly told that there weren't enough of us to justify it, that our hopes of the product didn't matter. And that, you know, we, we weren't significant in the grand scheme of like wrestling audiences. And I think people can relate to that on a lot of levels beyond just wrestling. And then AEW delivered it. And punk returning just feels like the whole revolution's come full circle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like I explained it actually to a very good friend and uh, sent him the video because we were talking yesterday, like on a video chat, and I just told him how excited I am. He, he couldn't understand it. Then I showed him the big pop, which came out, and he was like, "Dude, what's going on there?" And then I just briefly wrapped the whole history and the meaning behind it. But also, punk was the first superstar in WWE which wasn't a WWE superstar he wasn't 
a big guy. He was not completely full of steroids and drugs. Well, he said it in this promo on one of you, you know, and I, he said, I, uh, oh, sorry, I want, I, I do want to get your opinion on everything first. Um, we'll come back to it. But he, he talked about, and we'll focus on this a bit more in a minute, but he talked about when he left Ring of Honor, um, he knew it wouldn't be easy like a guy for him, a yeah. guy like him in WWE because he's one of us. He's not, you know, he's not one of them. Exactly, yeah. That, that's the thing. And he was everything like also maybe our generation was standing in for because uh, I think we're all like, we're what, what are we, Generation uh, Z, right? Well, no, I'm mil- I'm, no, no, we're millennials. Millennial? No, I'm, I'm from yeah. the 80s, so. How old? No, yeah, you're a millennial. No, no, I'm not a millennial. No, 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 Generation it's not, Z before it's not, millennials no, no, is when no, you're born no. around 2000. No, no, millennials not when you're born around 2000. It's when you came of age in the 2000s. Millennials are like I'm born in 1990, so I'm a millennial. Okay. Ja- if, if you're born in if you're born in 2000, you'd be Gen Z. If you were born in like 1980 or before, no, you'd y. be Gen X. Aren't, aren't we Y then? No, X, uh, uh, y, no, Z. no, no. They didn't. They didn't name it Y. They just named it Millennials. Okay, so. good. So then, I think then we're on the same <laughs> on the same year. Yeah, and I, I think so. got the complete wrong generation. I thought it was <laughs> was Z, fine. but so, it's Y. No one cares. We're Millennials, but this millennials. generation, uh, which we are, like he was also uh, the first superstar. Like, or the, I don't want to say superstar, but the. He was a star, so he was not named superstar by WWE. He was made a star by the people, like Stone Cold was back then. And this is the uh, comparison a lot of people say. Like yesterday, I, I was quite mad because Roman Reigns said that CM Punk isn't as big as Stone Cold or as John Cena. Also, now he he is even bigger than John Cena, for example. In this case, he is the the guy that everyone wanted to have everyone who loved resting who was also like working class people nowadays the working class is different than back in the days like in the 60s 70s 80s maybe but he still represents this uh, working class people which we are the middle class people which just love wrestling and not want to be like a corporate thing or so and this this is what was gone when he when he yeah when he was forced to leave because his mental illness was getting too big and his his physical physical is um, illness also staff like, infection and then, yeah and uh, everything got too big and this is also and, and this was a huge turning point when he left and he had this uh, uh, interview with Cole Cabana on his podcast where he told everyone about it and everyone got the confirmation what everyone knew already what was rumored and everyone knows about the system and it was also against the system which has been built up yeah um we will probably address pretty much each point that he covered uh, over the course of the promo but just to begin with tell me how you felt when rampage started all these people were chanting cm punk cm punk and we were wondering is it going to start at the beginning of the show and then there was that silence and then the music hit and it's like it's like one of those things do you agree that like even though it had to happen like and i don't think any of us really had any legitimate doubts that it wouldn't it still like felt oh my god you know yeah definitely i was like uh, it's it's surreal that that it's happening yeah, something you thought that would never happen could never happen again because it was so outspoken also against returning to professional wrestling all the years and uh, which I completely i completely agree with and understand but then you know that- hearing this again that's what I mean when I said he was AEW before AEW, because that's yeah. that's what got him to return, was seeing pretty much the ripple effect that he arguably created him and the elite together, I suppose. It, you know, he, he turned a lot of people, he opened a lot of eyes in WWE uh, to 
to the alternative, um, even if it was just within the company itself. Um, and then, you know, from seeing him, people got restless with the product that that he was pushing against um that that was the the product that was being uh force fed us from the people who were trying to keep him down as he said that he stomped him down and those people looked elsewhere and they found new japan pro wrestling and they found the bullet club and the elite and then the elite made it so you know he is he's part of he's part of AEW's history and i think that's one of the reasons and he's he's even though he's this is his first ever appearance to it the fact that you know his kind of spirit feels like it's in the dna i feel that's why everyone was saying like you know even commentary said cm punk is home in AEW, AEW, do you know what i mean yeah i completely agree um yeah it's all from the build-up i can also feel it like when he left like i completely missed the second summer of punk i have to say um i missed that uh, but i came back briefly around that time where he was on top of it and i really loved his his everything around it again because Did you i see the money in the bank 2011 no i rewatched it then afterwards i also saw the best in the world documentary which was very good and they put him in a very good spotlight although he was in the in the documentary also shitting against wwe um but i knew him also from ring of honor and uh, iwa mid, mid southwest already where he had the match against uh Rey mysterio and eddie guerrero. eddie guerrero yeah that was the first time i saw him then back oh, then really? and then yeah and then I I wasn't a huge fan of him like a lot of people I wasn't following everything but I watched the matches before he was at WWE and then he came to ECW and I was like oh he's good he fits in there and then I really liked him from the beginning then I stopped watching wrestling <laughs> funnily when he when he got to the main roster then I got back after uh, the uh, the second summer of punk and uh, then I also I briefly watched a bit in between but mostly was interested in him and when he left then I started watching real but then NXT really started so I got the trend to NXT because I was also unsatisfied with the main product um, and then never was a big fan of the main product anymore since then more of NXT and then also like you well, got into New Japan Bullet now. Club yeah right so um, yeah yeah um, so the first thing you said was you really know how to make a kid feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh <laughs> and that was uh, what, what a first opening line to say back after seven years but I mean it's it, it's you know it's half joking but there's also a lot of respect because he did say afterwards he was talking about people who he thinks are great and doing uh, awesome in AW and Britt Baker was the person he mentioned um, you know how over she is um, I this is where I should unlike like CM Punk I didn't I didn't write anything down so I haven't taken notes this time but um yeah he mentioned uh he mentioned he heard everybody you know throughout the 7 years he's been gone 7 years but he heard heard everyone chanting for him he was listening um and that he's back uh and then uh I'm I'm sure I'm sure I'm missing some stuff but uh uh, you know the the highlights were then he said do you want me to tell you a story and he was like hold on it's hot in here and took off his uh hoodie and had the new best in the world uh, shirt on underneath uh and then sat uh, cross-legged on the floor to a big pop to which um comrade thompson has said um you know when you're um you know when you get a pop for sitting down that you're over <laughs> so, yeah yeah there was yeah. yeah there was definitely like this at yeah um and this, this yeah, was the point also, where he mentioned Sorry. Sorry. Like, yeah. When, like, the thing is, like, uh, you cannot hear his his theme so clear. Usually, the theme, like, when the theme hits, they have this sound mixture in there. So you hear the theme of the rest are very clear in your sound, but it's mixed with the 
audio from the from the audience so and this yeah. time you couldn't hear it clearly because you can feel they directly put out no we're just putting it on the mics of from the audience just completely and then it was yeah. better like this because i think their uh, audio mixer guy just took off his headphones and was like okay i'm not gonna listen to this <laughs> because it well, was so loud Sometimes they get complaints at AEW about that, that you can't really hear the music because of this effect that they go for. They want you to feel like you're in the arena. So um, the cheers aren't dampened, you know, and the, the music isn't heightened through through the mix to um, the viewers at home. But I think in situations like this, when in the arena the chants were so loud that it drowned out the music, that's, uh, that's something that that's a good thing do you know what i mean that that really added to the atmosphere um but as i say yeah he sat down and he this is when he started saying um and this is this is the first point i want to ask you about he said uh you know i used to work for a company uh, called ring of honor and then uh in 2005 i left he says he left them he said he built a place in ring of honor where people could uh you know a family where they could earn their craft and he talks about that match he had the last match he had was colt cabana i've watched it a few times and i've watched it and it's ironic because i've watched that his last ring of honor entrance even though i was introduced to him in wwe cw um i've cried watching that ring of honor entrance because it's so uh emotional and that's one of the only wrestling moments i've ever cried over and then you know last night when he returned it was another that i did you know so it's kind of you know there's something about him and anyway he 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 mentioned how he was crying when he came out for his last match at ring of honor and he didn't really know why at the time now he knows why it's that he was leaving professional wrestling um to kind of subtly address the fact that wwe is not professional wrestling which when people take objection to that it's like well wwe is saying it themselves so who else do you want to hear it from you know they're not even mentioning wrestling they are not allowed to mention the world rest the world well, wrestling well well, well they, wrestlers. they and nick khan specifically said recently we're not you know we're not a professional wrestling product so okay then like so so don't so fans you know lifers of wwe don't throw a hissy fit when cm punk says this is not professional wrestling anyway he says he's he basically says he's not been out of wrestling for seven years he's been out of wrestling for 16 years um you know since he left ring of honor and now he's back what do you make of that the uh the implication that wwe isn't professional wrestling yeah i completely agree with that i got real goosebumps when he when he also when he said that um, and this also shows that uh, yeah he misses pro wrestling like this this love he had once like which WWE uh, took from him definitely yeah. with all this shenanigans around it and I I think also because afterwards he also says like we can come to that later also because I got the media scrum open where he uh, where they he and, and Tony Khan pointed out some very interesting facts but uh, he's he said he's cool with everyone in the, in the locker room there's no bad blood or so, so this well, means actually I want to pick you up on that media scrum he says I haven't had any problems with anyone today but Cole Cabana was working an indie show somewhere so he wasn't okay there. okay <laughs> they, cool they, cool they, no they that's asked, good to you, hear. they asked do you have any problems with anyone in the locker room he goes he goes i haven't had any problems with anyone today so but okay the wasn't there today <laughs> okay that's that's very good info i got but and the thing chris is jericho also, also there was some beef with chris jericho because yeah. he was upset with chris jericho because chris jericho only reached out to him to get him on his podcast and he was like you should have reached out to me anyway you know so okay good yeah that's that's, that's fine but uh i probably um there will be some bigger things in in this in this direction also with Cole Cabana or this bad blood with Cole Cabana and uh 
and probably Chris Jericho something will, will be solved or yeah because I think Tony Khan is very keen also about keeping that locker room uh, very very clean not and toxic. clear yeah not toxic and I think also back like when he especially when he refused uh, to pay the money he said he would pay for the for the yeah. attorneys for Cole Cabana I think I don't want to speak for him and don't want to talk bad things good but I think he was in a different state than he is right now because well, when you're mentally ill and then it can change you but when you when you're recovered from it then you see the bad points and I hope this this happened it, it felt like he, he got clean there he was like a, like a other person again which was very uh, great to see that's a perfect segue into another point what he said next which was that if at any point uh you know since you last saw me my decisions have disappointed you i understand and you could tell he was speaking from the heart and he says as long as you understand that i you know i he was made so sick um you know mentally and physically by the people that stamped him tried to stamp him down you know then being wwe and i it's so cathartic to hear that as a fan because i have been disappointed in cm punk's attitude as, at, at times as a as a fan of cm punk since 2005 2006 um you know he, he just he's so angry and jaded all the time and like you say it just he came out And not just in this promo, but in the post-show media scrum, he was like a completely different guy. Like all that anger and bitterness had gone. And so he, you know, I'll be the first person to say CM Punk could be an absolute arsehole, like a complete and utter dickhead. But then you, you know, you see this and you realize there was a reason he was that way, you know? Yeah, that's exactly, exactly well put on point because uh, when, when you're, being treated toxic then you can also turn into a toxic person it was when you see the last years or the years when he left wwe and that time around what happened to him and listen to it of course there's no excuse for it or you should make excuses for it, or also should no. not find any well, he reasons was, he, but people can change and learn from their problems he, he apparently you know there was a lot of reports of assholeish behavior while he was still with wwe as well but that makes total sense because you yeah, know he was in yeah. he was in the midst of it then he was in the midst of all the toxicity that um that was bogging him down yeah um, definitely. yeah uh, i'm just trying to think of other talking points from the promo before we get on to obviously because obviously there was a you know from the pacing of the show itself you could tell tony had told him to just go out there and say whatever you need to say and take as long as you need to to, to say it and we'll fit the rest of the show around you because you know you could tell from the way the show was paced that that was what happened um but yeah am i missing anything before we get on to him issuing a challenge for all out no i think that's the mo most important points yeah here. basically just says he's back and oh that was it he talked about all the talent in AEW, and he says if you know and they've got the same passion that he had stamped out of him and he says if they're there you should be there you know why aren't you and that's why he came back he challenged uh darby allen uh, as we all knew he would to a match at all out says that he sees the stuff Darby Allen does. Should be noted Darby Allen and Sting were in the rafters uh, at this point, and he was addressing Darby Allen, looking right at him. Uh, and he says, you know, I've seen all these crazy all the crazy stuff you do. You love danger. Well, the most dangerous thing you could do is step in a ring with CM Punk, uh, except maybe, uh, the well, he says that's the second most dangerous thing you could do. The most dangerous thing you could do is step into a ring with CM Punk in Chicago. So, And the match is set for All Out. Are we excited about this? I mean, I am. 
Yes, please. <laughs> of course I am. This is also it, it just a perfect fit. So I, I rolled with some people actually a few days later on Reddit because some were like, ah, why should you put against Darby and it's face against face? I'm like, yeah, it's still face against face in the beginning. First of all, you put it because it's a huge draw. It's a perfect match in this because yeah. they're perfectly fitting together uh, from like their personas and everything. And yeah. uh it's a good start, you know, like you don't know, it, I don't don't mind, like in the beginning, CM Punk shouldn't be a heel or so, he came out of the face tunnel, but it's just, right now, it's so wholesome to have him back, it's just a good thing, and, and everything is positive, so you could should just keep him like this, but then afterwards, develop his persona, he's gonna have an AEW, and then you can decide if he teams up maybe with Darby, or with, with Sting together, do a stable, or if he turns on them, or if he doesn't want to do anything with them, then they can see where it develops but i think it's a good starting point to see yeah i think where, it would be mis- goes. i think it'd be a mistake to have punk turn heel for a very long time or or ever um but at least for quite a long time just because you know do you remember when stone cold steve austin turned heel do you know what i mean i feel like that's the uh you know and it didn't didn't go over so well i feel like that's yeah. a similar thing similar situation we've got with punk at the moment like yeah and we, we have top heels right now with the elite so there yeah. is no space for another one but yeah um and he ended his promo saying everyone gets uh CM Punk ice cream bars, which was something he was demanding when he was in, uh, it was part of his, you know, after his pipe bomb promo, uh, something he was demanding over the weeks, and then he had a CM Punk ice cream bar t-shirt. I was looking on Reddit, apparently those are really good quality ice cream bars, like they they don't have his face printed on or anything like he, he wanted back in WWE. It was a custom wrapper, obviously, but apparently that's like a good $5 ice cream bar. Apparently it's got like this yeah. um, kind of nice frozen custard, like high quality stuff inside. It's not like a, just a cheap promotional stuff. It's um, it's a really good ice cream yeah, shop. Yeah, from, from a local Chicago. local yeah. thing from Chicago. Yeah, really good apparently, store, I heard. So Apparently the second biggest order they've ever had. I have no idea what the biggest order was, but... 15,000 plus ice cream <laughs> bars. I'm not sure what 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 else uh, would have topped that, but right. there you go. Um, but yeah, uh, before we move on to talk about other things, I will just say I think this is the best wrestling moment I've ever witnessed as a fan. I, I can say that like with a lot of confidence. I know Tony Schiavone has said it's the best he's ever seen, and he's he has a tendency for hyperbole before he's said things were the best best thing ever um but he's said he's tried to cut back on saying that he said it a lot during you know the nitro years um but yeah i i, tr- I truly think this is the best wrestling moment i've ever seen i don't know where does it rank in up there for you yeah i read that also like a lot of people wrote that and i saw that tony shavani wrote that also and then i was really thinking about it but like from all the build up and the history behind it and just everything it's also my favorite resting moment ever because yep. yeah yeah 20, 21 22 years of watching wrestling 100%. yeah right and it, because it is from almost like 20 years watching of wrestling it's building up all the way up until this now there's so much history behind it it's like yeah and it, it can also it can even be better and bigger when you when we might see in the future and look back on it what developed from it then it makes it even bigger like of an impact um in- yeah, and I'm looking and forward to that. When I look, when I thought back of all the great wrestling moments I've I've witnessed, right, um, they all had two things in common that this didn't, and that's what made this so amazing. So when I think back, I was genuinely trying to think. I thought, um, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels retiring Ric Flair. Um, oh, I've, I've 
jumped the gun a bit. I should have gone back a bit. Uh, Rock and Austin at WrestleMania. Rock and Hogan at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, uh, Shawn Michaels retiring. Ric Flair. Um, oh, Undertaker versus Shawn 1. Undertaker versus Shawn 2. Uh, Triple H versus Undertaker in the Hanlon Cell. Um, uh, Daniel Bryan's... Uh, well, before that, Undertaker's streak ending. Uh, Daniel Bryan winning the 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 double belts um at WrestleMania 30 and two things these all had in common is they were all matches and they were all at WrestleMania uh and this was on Rampage their new Friday show not uh, all out which seems or revolution or whatever you think is or double or nothing whatever you think is their biggest show not uh, and it wasn't a wrestling match it was just a you know a guy coming out returning and sitting down i think that's pretty incredible you know yeah, just for this, because all my favorite moments are also resting moments. For me, like a lot of uh, them you mentioned uh, already, but for me, adds up also RVD winning the WWE ECW title back then, this unification, and uh, Kenny winning the uh, IWGP title in the fourth match. That was just so great. Oh, that was great. But um, I, tell yeah. you, I think the only thing the only thing that comes close to this from a non wrestling uh, non match moment for me is the Kenny and Ibushi uh, reunion. Um, but oh, yeah. I think yeah. this, I'd obviously not been, that hadn't been building for, I mean, I didn't watch them. I didn't watch them as a tag team, as the golden lovers on DDT and stuff back then with the, when Kenny was wearing the green trunks and, um, all this stuff when, when their first run as a golden lovers, I didn't see that. So, but do you remember when they had their first match back at, on a rising, the NJPW um, Ring of Honor show in Japan, when um, when the Golden Lovers came out, there were people crying in the audience. You know, there yeah. were people yeah. openly weeping, and so was there when CM Punk came back. So, you know, it's it, I, you know, I, I can feel that that's a similar sort of moment, um, but that was kind of the moment for everyone that's been following them over there. This, you know, we'd been following CM Punk for so long that that's that's our kind of version of that so that's the only thing that comes close but no hands down the best wrestling moment i've ever ever witnessed yeah definitely um shall we or shall i chip in some some info we got from the media scrum afterwards before we go on with everything else that happened also that night should, should we do that now or the, yeah let's do that now so some some interesting facts he he just mentioned there which are like this funny because he's been asked if he watch watches dark or elevation but he says yeah. he's not watching youtube anyhow more dvds and he feels like terry funk now <laughs> yeah. so that was very nice no leah um, rush is the new terry funk he's re- how many times he retired now? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's a gimmick at some point and we don't know yeah. it yet um yeah which which is also interesting is um Although it wasn't an open secret now in the end, uh, him coming to AEW, but actually it's it's a well-kept secret because they were in talks for one and a half years almost. And CM Punk also said he, when he wants to come back then with a with a crowd. And um, yeah, that's that's a very well-kept secret, to be honest, then yeah. for so long. And also, you know, with the guys from uh, Pro Wrestling Tees and then also with the ice cream bars and everything, nothing of that leaked anywhere. And, that's very um, impressive. Punk- Punk was walking around backstage. He wasn't in a secret room. He was, yeah. he was, he was say, you know, taking pictures and hanging out with the the roster. That I know you've got the media scrum up, but I think that's a perfect segue. You talking about how everyone kept it under wraps. Yeah. That was one of the things that impressed Punk about AEW was um, the fact that everyone, every, not a single person, leaked the news that Brody Lee was sick. 
exactly um, and uh, yeah and he saw he thought such respect for that because you know they must be such a tight-knit family that they were asked to respect um his privacy and they did yeah exactly so this is also yeah what you said what made him go there because the attitude in the locker room then is is quite good um uh yeah and then what we else have here yeah right exactly about the the agreement they have so um he can still do so he's free to do mma commentary and doing other things and then cm punk also added if he if tony khan tells him that he wants him to go to the g1 he'll talk about it so he's opening a very interesting door there again <laughs> well that was uh just to put some context on that that was in response to people asking him um will we see you show up in other companies and he said he basically said he doesn't have plans to um if but you know he wants to swim in AEW waters for a while he said he wants to he said i'm an AEW guy was the quote he said i'm an AEW guy if tony wants me to if tony tells me to i'll go do the g1 he said but right now i want to swim in AEW waters for a while so that and that that was what I wanted to mention earlier, and I stopped myself when I talked about this being a, a new punk. Can you imagine, like, punk having such respect for a, uh, you know, for Vince? Do you know what I mean? That where where he's just friendly and sitting and smiling with him and says, "If he wants me to do something, I'll do it." Do you know what I mean? That's it's it speaks so much to Tony Khan's character that CM Punk of all people would would say that about him with you know no hint of sarcasm that's crazy to me yeah exactly so he's he's also like a very uh would say balanced person then now uh, but yeah that's what he said before he, f he he needed to see how AEW is in the end and and uh, that yeah and also that what Tony Khan shows as the CEO of that company, as the one who's in charge, that he's not, you know, the uh, patriarchic uh, business tycoon from the 80s, you know, or 70s. It's, you know, this is it, like a completely different world and this is how people want to be treated. And they are the same generation, both of them, Punk and, and Tony Khan. So they're almost the same age. It's... I mean, it's crazy what happens when you have a wrestling fan make content for wrestling fans rather than, you know, a faceless corporation and a massive writer's team. So, sadly, we have to move on. But next up, we... I, again, I haven't taken notes, so I'm trying to do all this from memory, but it was the... Uh, the tag team qualifier match between for uh, the for a shot at the Young Bucks tag team titles, the first round um, between uh, Private Party and Jurassic Express, and this was a great match. It was really athletic, um, lots of nice tag moves. There was a poetry emotion from the outside, um, really showing that kind of Hardy Boys influence on Private Party. Uh, Jungle Boy was on form, man. He's a star. Like when you see CM Punk come out and do his thing, and then you see. Jungle Boy come out and you're like, oh god, I can, you know this, you know the stuff that Punk was saying about the next generation of stars and stuff, and then you see uh, Jungle Boy and you're like, this this kid's got it, like all the bouncing around the ring he's doing, and he's starting to get like a Ray Phoenix sort of thing, not not quite on that level of athleticism and not that style of wrestling, but in the sense that you start seeing something new every time they wrestle, uh, particularly with Jungle Boy, like last week with him, or or was it on? Uh, yeah, on uh, Dynamite, sorry, this week when he did that brain buster off Luchasaurus's shoulders and now he was like, he was doing a lot of springboard stuff in this match and that finisher they've got as well, the Thor Thoracic Express or something, is my favourite tag finisher in the world right now. One of my favourite finishers in the world right now. What did you make out of this match though? Yeah, 
it, it was it was hard <laughs> to be the first ones after this uh, this huge thing. But uh, I think they also they they booked it very well uh, because, like you said, uh, in Jungle Boy or in Jurassic Express in general are fan favorites, so they can just sing along, get into the groove that now the wrestling show is starting. Um, yeah, you pointed out some great moves. What I was like highly impressed was the uh, Canadian destroyer from yeah. I don't know who it was from from Private Party, but against. Uh, uh, Jungle Boy. I think it was Mark Quinn, but no, might be not. I can't remember. Yeah, like, me uh, neither. So, but uh, from like Jungle Boy sitting on the shoulders of Luchasaurus and then getting the Canadian destroyer from it, that was just crazy. Crazy. It was a great match, I have to say. It was short, but it was great for what it was uh, supposed to be in that short time span. It was very entertaining. Um, it also that that was the good thing with these moves. They still they got the crowd. They're like, okay, there's really resting. Okay, there's really good moves happening. Okay, we're into resting now. This is the this is the thing, and this is why I feel like maybe they kind of I could have done better for the main event than Daniel Garcia. As much credit as I like to give him for how well he did, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but this this match did. I think one thing this match, this tag match had to do was all the people that bought tickets just to see CM Punk and weren't regular AEW viewers. Okay, they've got to show them what wrestling's like in AEW now. They've got their eyes, so show them. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like a... And also, like sorry, a, and also the people on the TV which are just t- turning over from yeah, SmackDown yeah. or so. Yeah, yeah, re- just, just really good stuff. And I really... I really, I just, I really like Jurassic Express. Um, I'd like, I'd honestly, I'd like to see them win their tag team titles, but I don't think, I think it's going to be uh, at the very least challenging for the titles, if not winning the titles. I think it will be Lucha Brothers, um, but uh, mainly because Jurassic Express have had a shot so recently. But it just feels right, and it just feels time. Do you know what I mean with their alliance with Christian as well? That if Christian's not going to win the title then at least let Jurassic Express win the titles so I don't know I would have I would like it to be them but I think they've kind of telegraphed that it won't be by them already having a title shot on the, on the dynamite just passed but we shall see next up we had oh I, again I'm I think there was a promo uh I, this is why we take notes usually um I think there was a promo between Jay Cargill and Kier Hogan but alas the next match was Jay Cargill and Kier Hogan um I've, I feel really bad for Kier Hogan because she's a great 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 talent and um and she she even you know they even had a promo for them why did they again I think I think matches would have ran longer and they had to improvise if Punk had gone shorter, but they just told Punk to take as much time as he needed. Because um, otherwise, why would you make a promo for this match? Uh, but yeah, Kiera Hogan saying that Jade shouldn't have underestimated her and stuff. And then it was like, and then Jade goes out and proves exactly why she should have by demolishing her in about a minute and a half. Um, when the, the any standout moments for you from this match, other than you know Jade hitting the uh, jaded for the win. Not really. <laughs> no, I, no, yeah, yeah. It was, but a, that, it was a it was a squash in every sense. It was a squash, it? but the presentation of Jade Cargill is really good. Um, yeah, they're they're just they now they're just pulling it through. They have to completely go with it all the line because and now it's it's really they're building her up like also as this monster because she's quite huge and and very muscular for a woman and she is also the beast or the the monster woman they want Nyla Rose to be, but that's her actually and she will she will be that because she is dominant she but she can sell it because she is very athletic and 
like also her attitude is great so yeah uh, one Should thing we... just just to chip it in there was a promo yes, from uh, omega callus and nakazawa when well, also omega said this show was yeah. for me this show yeah, was obviously right. for me even though it he was wasn't on the me. card or yeah right Darren. right right yeah. so but that's actually everything he said so it's fine um yeah no just just one more point on the uh jay cargo and kiara hogan one do you think uh we have seen Britt baker's next big opponent in action tonight or do you think they're gonna spend more time because obviously on um last the last rampage uh we had uh the, obviously they've got something with red velvet and now um jamie hate is probably gonna have a few matches with red velvet but also chris statlander got involved so do you think potentially it might be chris statlander next and then maybe jay cargill or do you think we might see Jay Cargill straight away and they'll just pull the trigger on that for all out and we might have a match with uh, Chris Statlander on a Dynamite or, or a Rampage? Not really sure what they're aiming out for because uh, Thunder Rosa is still number one with her. Uh, that is true, but they're not acknowledging it really, are they? Yeah, they're not because she's like she has 23 and 2 now or so. Like she's so far ahead of everyone. She's she's making her circles up there on top of it with no one coming close to her and then putting Stadlander or uh, Cargill now in would feel or wouldn't feel good for their ranking system for the um uh yeah make make it like like you know like really that 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 they're doing something they're doing still sports and not going too much into entertainment or just turning up the cards you know they should stick with it more that's the thing and if they stick with it they need to uh, give jake cargill i guess at least 10 matches in the, in the next two weeks <laughs> yeah um but yeah we'll see it just feels like especially with chris getting involved on the on the rampage it feels like why would that happen if they were planning a thunder rose match why would they even bother um uh, and it feels like there's just not enough time now to set up a continuation of their feud which has already been put to bed with that um and again this is i said it before i'll say it again this is the problem with the ram, uh, the ranking system because you can't especially in a in a single title division like the women's division uh, it's not like the men's division where there's a tnt title there's the um the, you know the tag titles there's the big title there's the ftw title there's one title for the women uh so you really get these problems when okay you don't want someone to become champion like thunder rosa when she wasn't signed you don't want to put the belt on thunder rosa but and, and well neither of them are champion at that point were they hikaru shida was still champion but um yeah you don't you don't want to put the belt on rosa and you don't want to put it on a straight away but you don't want her losing a load of matches so what happens she keeps winning but you don't want to put the belt on her so what do you do you know um and you don't want her to lose that that heat by having the match and then losing and then that that being the, the program over already so it's 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 really especially they have extra trouble in this division with with the ranking system um you know backing them into a corner so you know um i'd like to see it less kind of strictly adhered to but you know whatever next up and our main event of the evening was John Moxley versus Daniel Garcia. John Moxley accompanied by Eddie Kingston, Daniel Garcia accompanied by 2.0. This was a very rushed match, um, but I did like some of the mat wrestling. I was quite nicely surprised to see in this match, particularly the um, the the sequence that led to the finish. I know we're kind of skipping right to the end there, but as I said, it was a fast-paced match. 
when you know there was Daniel Garcia putting submissions on jo- John Moxley. I think he was targeting the legs of John Moxley throughout the match. Yeah, I don't know if he's had problems with that yeah. before, which is ironic as well because wasn't didn't Daniel Garcia break both his legs in a car accident? Or yeah, something? exactly. They pointed that yeah. out a lot during uh, the match and commentary. And uh, yeah, and then John Moxley uh, reversed it for the choke. I just. I love how John Moxley can win because he wins with a rear naked choke as well when he goes from behind. But this was a different kind of choke, wasn't it? Like the sleeper um, or the one at the single arm kind of thing. And obviously he's got the paradigm shift as well. But I just love how he wins with these submissions. And it really makes me feel like he um, he's taken something from his, his uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport appearances. You know, that kind of wrestling. And I feel like it kind of carried, you know, he's a... You know, it's it's not something he could have indulged back when he was in WWE. Um, this kind of shoot style wrestler, um, and yeah, and I think Mox was he was pretty much the only other pe- person in the arena that people had signs for other than CM Punk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. But and we're what did you think of the match? Crazy. Yeah, and singing along to to the to the music also. <laughs> wow, thing. Yeah. So yeah, I I liked that match. Like it was also very short, short, but uh, I liked it also that it wasn't it it was a AW squash match, not a squash match squash match, which was not a typical you know WWE just squash it squash it. But yeah, Daniel more Garcia like the Jake Cargill, Kiara Hogan, but yeah, obviously right. push for time, so you can't really fault yeah, them for that, right? But uh, yeah, Daniel Garcia, it, it, it they made me interested in him because he was showing some really good moves, like you said, like some mat wrestling, grappling, and uh, that was really cool. But what I wanted to point out was Moxley's promo before when he was super pissed and said, "There's a higher yes. chance of you getting me pregnant than making it out alive <laughs> of that ring." That was fantastic. So this is this is the downside of me being so unprofessional today. This no, is the thing. It's okay. I kept I kept I kept going back to watch it, and I never made it past the punk thing because I just got so emotional watching that punk stuff every time yeah and right it's like, and i was just so blown away and like that i could you know i couldn't bring myself to keep taking notes i was just saying like wow um i still haven't watched it without crying uh, but no the um yeah yeah that that promo because it was mark henry wasn't it interviewing both of them which is this rampage style thing they're doing where it's sports style and it seems to be like for the main event and i, I really love it i love the stuff they're doing to make rampage feel unique and i've seen a lot of people say they think rampage is the best the best wrestling show on television right now and for them to be able to say that after two episodes people are saying it after one episode do you know what i mean um it's it's it, it's good and i think it speaks volumes to the one hour format of wrestling now don't get me wrong um AEW have too many people on their roster to have their main show be a one hour show do you know what I mean so thank god Dynamite is a two hour show I think two hours is a sweet spot for their main show um three hours kind of dragged on when WWE did it although that was WWE so who knows um but um you know one hour seems too short for a main show two hours is perfect but for like a second show or for a show with a smaller roster like NXT um, when that was in its heyday, an hour is perfect because it just it leaves you wanting more, you know, and that's a great feeling to have, and you can't wait for next week. And like, I'm excited for Dynamite, but I'm really excited for Rampage. You know, I'm, I, I, yeah, Rampage is too. so good right now. Yeah, really. Like, I com- completely agree with it. Um, also, that they're putting the um, yeah, we, we yeah, it's like for next week's Rampage. They already announced the final for the uh, for the tag team uh, tournament. Yeah on Rampage then I'm like yeah okay that's interesting yeah well this is the thing it's not I, I think it's a main show I think it's I think it's the um, yeah it's not a obviously, obviously, <laughs> obviously not uh, you know not in any brand split 
uh, scenario, but it's similar to SmackDown. SmackDown is to Raw. Do you know what I mean? Or was back when they were both high quality. SmackDown's obviously um, exceeds Raw in quality these days. But um, you know, they SmackDown was never supposed to be an inferior show to Raw. It was supposed to be a second show. So I feel like that's what Rampage is to Dynamite. It's it's the second top tier show. It doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel like a superstars or a main event or a dark or a dark elevation. It feels like they're the SmackDown to their Raw. So, um, and I, I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, sorry, we got onto that topic when we were saying the the stuff they do like with these promos um, really gives it a distinct feel. And yeah, I'm I'm with you. This was a fantastic Mox promo. The aggression he has and like the urgency with which he was delivering it. And I don't know again whether that was because they were they were pushed for time because they did go slightly over. Um, and I was fine on the live broadcast of it, but I know some people who have watched replays on Fight have been cut, had the end cut off. And it, <clears throat> sorry, and it was because they went over. Um, but I mean, that just added to it. If if John Moxley was pushed for time, the way he was fast talking and his pace, and he seemed so frantic and mental and angry, it's like, dude, do this all the time. Like this was yeah, this yeah, was definitely. one of my favorite Mox promos. And the way he had his back to him until it was his turn to talk, he wouldn't look at the camera until it was his turn to talk, and then he turned around. Just so cool. And and Mox Mox has really worked on his on the content of his promos. He's always been fantastic since his days as uh, as the mouthpiece of the Shield. He's always been fantastic at the at the technical side of promos. Um, it's just and Liam's pointed this out a lot, and he's been a big critic of it that the content of his promos um, don't really have a, never used to really have a direction. But I think the last few I've seen of his have really made points and they've really had a direction to them. And, you know, this one was funny as well and it was aggressive and it was, it really jacked me up for the match, you know? Yeah, me too. I'm, I was also a big critic. I didn't like the standard Moxley promos, but now, yeah, he, he, he improved. I'd say, yeah, improved. Yeah. He got to another level, I would say, also. like I would say yeah. he refined because improved. Refined just, like I said, word, he, he, yeah. always, he always had that technical... Uh, promo ability it just it was just the content but yeah refined is a very good word um yeah and also like uh, the the ending was was great of the match also <laughs> with the run-ins like with, yeah with the run-ins from from uh sting and, and darby allen helping out so that that was an interesting bit um to see there but yeah for me it like also you you watch it live you said right for me it got cut off that at yeah, the end. yeah so yeah, i don't no, know I saw, if it like, I saw it to the end important happened there or so it was just the four of them standing in the ring together, uh, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Sting, and Darby Allen, um, kind of, and I think they all raised their hands like victorious. It was really good. Um, but uh, you, you pretty much saw the, the meat of it. Um, yeah, but it, it started panning out how I thought the ending was panning out, but then it didn't pan out completely how I thought it was going to pan out. So I've got a question for you, and that's, did you have any predictions for this show that didn't come true? No, not at all. No. no, no. For me, it was just for me. It was just. You always thought punk. it was just going to be punk. Yeah, yeah, just punk needs to be there, and then everything else will be smooth. So that yeah. there were like I didn't have any high hopes in the matches. The matches there were was, like there was leaks. There was leaks beforehand from journalists suggesting that there was going to be more than one surprise that night. Of yeah, the punk. I also that read that. Yeah, I yeah. also read that. I was a little bit. I, I wasn't expecting, but waiting from like, is there something more coming? But when it was over, it's like, no, it's fine. It, it, it shouldn't have been like it. This would have. I don't know that this return is so big and then let's say Daniel Bryan putting it also in there that would be just too much to be honest I didn't it. think 
Yeah, keep it. I didn't think Brian was going to return because I think that would be a waste when you've already got the crowd to max. Yeah. I did, however, think there was a couple of other things that were going to happen that didn't happen. So I've got one that I think was well within the realms of possibility and one that was a bit more pie in the sky. So at the end, I thought... Um, that Miro might make a run-in on Eddie Kingston during the melee when it was, um, you know, all these sides going against each other. Like, the heels get the get the upper hand and then the face get the upper hand when Sting and Darby Allen come down. And then I thought maybe Miro would come out, wipe out Eddie Kingston, and the two of them would fight into the crowd or something because he's called him out and he's probably going to be his all-out opponent. So um, I thought that was well within the realm's possibility and would have fit in fine. Um, my more wacky one that didn't come true was... I was expecting because John Moxley is without an opponent for all out, isn't he? Um, and uh, Will Ospreay, uh, did you see a resurgence? He is. Yeah, I, um, I read about it. Yeah, he has declared himself again the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion and declared Shingo Tagagi the uh, interim champion. And he he called out Moxley in his promo at resurgence, saying that you know um, Kevin Kelly said that the cutoff for champions being stripped without defending is usually six months uh all will needed was four months and he was immediately stripped of the title and then will said john moxley had it for every year and didn't defend the title the u.s title um so he specifically had a bone to pick with moxley so i thought maybe him and then later i was thinking it could have been tanahashi because tanahashi is currently in america and they've already teased that on AEW television that he you know for him if there was like a post-match although tanahashi's not really the sort of wrestler that would come out on a heel side and attack him so that's why i thought maybe maybe we'd see something with will osprey and i do think we could still and probably will still see one of these new japan talents whether it's hiroshi tanahashi whether it's um jay white or whether it's will osprey uh make an appearance and uh maybe face john moxley all out yet but it, it didn't happen tonight obviously yeah that was that's a good point i'm still also waiting for that to happen like any anyone from from there coming over because jay white appeared on on impact on the pay-per-view of the last one so still waiting for something in that direction happening also i honestly think if it wasn't for punk and brian signing will will osprey being in the united states with the world heavyweight the iwgb world heavyweight title or so he says um saying he could show up anywhere with that title with that would be the biggest wrestling story of the year if it weren't for punk and brian um so you know i think people are sleeping on it it's good that people are sleeping on it. it's good that it's kind of being overshadowed because it's going to make people forget about it and then they're going to pop um but yeah there's i mean it's it should be noted that uh cm punk and will osprey have traded words on twitter before and will osprey has called cm punk out for a match before and i think he's responded and stuff so you know I feel, I just I feel like we're going to see some amazing stuff involving not just CM Punk but specifically CM Punk and Daniel Bryan because there's going to be so many people they want to face before they're done. We're talking, you know, uh Kenny Omega, we're talking the Young Bucks as a tag team, we're talking guys from New Japan like Will Ospreay, like Hiroshi Tanahashi, like uh Kota Ibushi, like Shingo Tagagi. So like the stuff we could see is just blowing my mind already. Well, that just about brings us to the end of our show. We don't do our uh, less important shows on on our Rampage review, but we have moved Heel Moment of the Week to Rampage. So uh, do you remember anything from uh, Dynamite? Because it's, it's a lot of pressure. You've got to think Dynamite and, um, and, and Rampage. 
I'm let me down, Patrick. My, yeah, I'm gonna let you down because my mind is blank there from just CM Punk, I have to say. From this, <laughs> because I watched Dynamite actually yesterday evening, so I, I had to move it because uh, I was ill there on, on Thursday, but uh, I, I completely forgot everything because of the Punk thing. Like, just let's just say, heel moment of the night was, yeah, I, I, I left pro wrestling in 2005. So, so let's say I, this. <laughs> That, that was a face moment for me. Maybe, yeah, maybe, face, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe WWE can have the heel moment of the week for stamping the life out of the... Uh, yeah, or maybe punk. this. Yeah, we can do this. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like, like I said, it's like everything is now overshadowed by punk this week. <laughs> Congratulations on your dubious honour, Vince McMahon. God damn it. So, uh, yeah, this was a different sort of show, but I've enjoyed it. It was nice to talk to you again. I'm glad you're feeling better after your... Your second dose of the Bill Gates microchip. Yes, yes, I'm not really like I don't. <laughs> have you got Have you got five G now? Yeah, I got five like... G. I got five five plus G. Everything now. I can I can communicate now with the satellites directly. It's perfect. <laughs> perfect. You can hear Elon Musk in your brain at all times. Like yeah, all times. Yeah, yeah. When he's orders. speaking, like I'm just yeah, just turning to Mecca or the new Mecca, which is uh, <laughs> which is uh, the Silicon Valley now and then. Yeah. <laughs> Now, just one thing before we're closing the show, we need to uh, bring in the up until here uh, uh, dynamite card for. That is true. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you give the people what they want? Of course, I'm going to give them what they want. So we have Brock Anderson against Malachi Black, Always Orange Cassidy. To see a live execution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We got uh, Orange Cassidy against Matt Hardy. Uh, Jamie Hayter will have her uh, your comeback match, let's say, against Red Velvet. Then we have the AW World Tag Team Title Eliminator Tournament Semi-Final Tag Team Match. Jesus Christ. The Varsity Blondes will be against the Lucha Brothers. And uh, the winner of this will face Jurassic Express next week on Rampage. And, of course, we will hear CM Punk for the first time on Dynamite. <sighs> the Return of the King. Um, yeah. No, what are you excited? Um, is there any point in asking what you're excited for the most? What are you excited for the most, though? Because we usually do include segments in that. Um, yeah, it, uh, just CM Punk because of CM the matches. Punk. It's just so shitty right now. But the, the card is also, you have to say, the card is not the best. I, it, they are so good in booking and planning these things because now also knowing that uh, CM Punk was in planning for a longer time and then you recall this like you called them dar dark darker might episodes dark nights you know that they're keeping things for the audience when they're coming back and then they're not like when punk is coming to dynamite they're not bringing the biggest card they're just seeing okay showing people okay here we have some good wrestling and cm punk are not here we have the best wrestling in the world and cm punk what are we going to do about this now they just keep a very good balance not to also like um over uh, exposing the people to the product and so on so that they're well, not remembering things so let's just say i'm a little excited or most excited from all the matches for orange cassidy and smet hardy because i'm curious to see what this whole thing will end up in some kind of way that match seems to be the one that's like the they seem to be doing like um blow-offs to feuds on dynamite which is really cool like they had the mgf um chris jericho one last week and this seems to be the next week version of that do you know what i mean it seems to be the um you know potentially the blow-off to a feud or at least the big match that you would have expected was safe for a pay-per-view but they're having it on dynamite similar to the chris jericho mgf thing so that i do see why you're um excited about that i 
think I'm most excited about uh, the tag team match between Varsity Blondes and the Lucha Brothers. Really like the Varsity Blondes. Um, I think they're my kind of uh, breakthrough team of the year this year. Um, and uh, and the Lucha Brothers, I feel like it's been ages since we've seen them tag on, on AEW. We saw them in a tag team match um, at, at Triple Mania. And obviously, but obviously, I am most excited about hearing from CM Punk. So uh, that brings us to the end of our episode. It's been it's been a good one, Patrick. It's been nice talking to you. Yeah, likewise. It was very nice. Uh, yeah, this this was this this was a change. A change is in the air. I could whistle now winds of change, but then our editor uh, James will uh, just kill me afterwards for uh, peeking. Whistling into the yeah <laughs> yeah right. Jack was supposed to stay up. We were we were supposed to have a live watch party, and only half of us made it. It was going to be four. There was me, VJ, and it was supposed to be uh, Jack and Liam. They both fell asleep, didn't they? Jack yeah, set his alarm. They were drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jack set his alarm. They weren't going out drinking together though. I don't know if Liam was separately drunk, but Jack was drunk. Um, he set an alarm, and uh, he woke up and saw. Uh, woke up at five, two hours after the show had started, so an hour after it had finished, and looked at his phone and saw that the the alarm had been going off. So either it, it just kept ringing until uh, until it like just gave up trying to wake him up, or he woke up in his sleep to turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> like completely forgot about it. So we'll have to give him some shit about that on uh, on our dynamite review. Do it. But you never you never made such promises, so that's fine. Uh, you're still cool by me. So thank you for joining us, and please join us uh, on our dynamite review next week. Take care of yourselves. Good afternoon. Good morning. Or good night wherever you are. <laughs>